One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to be read pile. With Book of the Month, you can make sure that your to be read pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month, focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amiko Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S, to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Gray's Academy. You have your two handsome, beautiful, smart, genius, athletic, talented, musically gifted songbird of our generation hosts. My name is Carmen. My name is Kelsey. Who knew? I didn't even know I was a songbird. But of our generation. It is, I guess. And uh, it's a beautiful day to songbird this podcast. So let's songbird it up. You know that that time when someone walked up to us and unannounced said that we both sound like Fergie mixed with Jesus? Yeah, yeah, I definitely remember that. Yeah, off the cuff. No one no one even prompted it. We just were singing. We sang that duet that one time on the street. Mm-hmm. Just walking down the streets of Paris. Yeah. I remember it like it was yesterday. I remember it like it was early 2009. <laughs> The world Goodness was gracious. medium normal. Eh. Who's to say what's normal anymore at this point? Normal is just a setting on the dryer, my friend. Mm, I always put my dryer setting on delicate. I don't. I just say dry this, please. Anyways. Anyways. Yes. <laughs> ah, Jinx, you owe me a Coke. Nope. Um, so, Carmen, did you enjoy this episode? I did, and I enjoyed, uh, you know, this this song, the name uh, of the mm-hmm, song, mm-hmm. Yesterday, mm-hmm. Uh, took me on a wild journey to find a young upstart band that I'd never heard of before called The Beatless. Um, the Beatless. <laughs> uh, it is Yesterday the by The Beatles. Yeah, B-Tales. Um, and uh, this is like the other songs that we've done by this band, one of the greatest of all time, the greatest of all time, I think, if you're asking people like us, is uh, 
written by Paul McCartney and John Lennon. And this was released uh, off of the album Help back in 1965. Help. Yes. Um, And uh, this was uh, actually a single. It was released at two different times. So in the States, it was September worldwide, uh, globally, uh, in August. So this song, if you haven't heard it before, which if you haven't, you've lived under a rock uh, your entire life. And this song is one of the most, if not the most, uh, covered songs of all time with roughly uh, over 2,200 covers of this song. Wow. That's um, a lot. Yeah. It was voted the best song of the 20th century in 1999 by BBC Radio. And it was voted the number one pop song of all time by MTV and Rolling Stone magazine. So basically it's pretty good. Um, it was the number one song in the following, uh, charts in 1965, uh, Belgium, Finland, the Netherlands, Norway, Sweden, uh, and two separate U S billboards. Uh, and even the hot rock and alternative songs that did a re-release in 2019, it hit, uh, as high as 14. So, Basically, the song is super dope. The band is super dope. Kelsey, you are super dope. I almost called you Kelky. Remember when we Kelsey. went to Abbey Road? It's true. We did. We had a hard time getting our picture. Yes. Basically, we need to go back again, and then we yes. force our kids to take the picture for us. And also, hopefully, it won't be raining. Um, right. Uh, did you see that movie yesterday? The The film called yesterday about the whole thing. I didn't <laughs> I was watch gonna it, make but it a, looked great. <laughs> I was going to make a joke like, what did I watch yesterday? I watched yeah. the show yesterday. Um, actually, yes, it was a good show. Lily James is in that movie. Ah, oh, your favorite. One of yeah. one of your bays. Yeah. Um, although not m- anymore. If she's really a mean girl, I don't want to, yeah, you know. Maybe, you know, let's give her the benefit of the doubt and hope that maybe that was a one-off. Maybe she was having a bad night. Maybe Maybe she's not always mean. Yeah. You never know. I'll give her the you benefit. Know, it's hard of to say with the celebrities. Yeah, I think it, any uh, person you could find someone who's had a negative interaction with them. You know what I mean? Except us. Well, obviously. I mean, yeah, I'm just a gem to everybody. It's true Mostly to every you. single person. Yeah, to every. I'm it's never true. Unkind to you. There's never been a moment that comes to my mind that's made me think, "Wow, I'm questioning my entire life because of something Kelsey said." Yeah. It's never happened. If someone um, said, "Who are you the nicest to?" I would for sure say. Carmen Magnolo. <laughs> <laughs> I believe that with every fiber of my being. Uh, yes. Um, but actually, so on the topic of yesterday, before we move on, uh, it was a great movie. So the whole plot is that this guy like goes through this weird time warp after an accident and the whole world forgets who the Beatles are. So he goes by memory and like writes down all the chords and the lyrics and then yeah. starts playing and then he gets mega world-renowned famous. So Right, because um, the songs are great. Because they're great. And they still hold up to this day. Uh, anyways, and great movie. And maybe we'll go see Paul McCartney. When does he actually come to Knoxville? We need to plan yeah, this. I did send it to you and then never thought about it again. I would I would go see that 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 show with you. I would yeah, travel that would be down. Yeah, a good show. I saw him at Bonnaroo several years ago. Oh, so dope. I saw him. Mm, You've seen him a lot. A lot. I think I've seen him six times. Wow. Yeah, weird flex, I know. Um, not surprising, though. He's your favorite artist. It's true. Um, okay, so Grey's Anatomy. Um, this is episode 18 of the second season, yesterday, as Carmen has told us. It is the 27th episode overall. 
it was okay so this one was written written weirdly so the script was written by Krista Vernoff, but the story was written by Mimi Schmier. And I couldn't find anything on like why, because she's written other episodes. So I'm unsure as to why she only did the story and not the actual script. Um, but either way, we've seen both of these women before. They're intertwined in this show. They know the show well. So they worked together maybe, on this uh, one. Maybe there was a Schmier campaign against her. Maybe she was just busy and she just called him up and was like, hey, had a great idea. <laughs> Write yeah. it down real quick for me. Yeah. Um, and then directed by Rob Korn, which is fun, <clears throat> fun to say. Um, it aired February 19th, 2006, and it had 24.36 million views. So right around what it was the previous episode. Um, the Netflix synopsis is... Someone from Derek and Addison's past arrives in Seattle. Meredith discovers a family secret. George confesses his feelings. That is three separate sentences, which I believe is the most we've gotten from a Netflix synopsis for this show. Yeah, and also I think it touched pretty much all of the points that I yeah. think I really would have wanted to see in a synopsis. Yeah, I think so. Good thing um, I didn't read it, yeah. though, because honestly, that last scene, yeah. didn't think it would ever happen. I was... I was honestly watching this and I was like, I don't, I don't know if we're going to be able to maintain our, um, way where we go through it. Like chronologically, I feel like this is going to be a jump around episode because there's yeah, just like so sure. much like between the George bullshit and the Mark, everything. And then Izzy and Alex are everywhere. And then Derek is just pissing me off left and right. I was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to maintain it. I feel like I want to just go right to, cause I, I just kept thinking, He's just so sure that Izzy and George are going to sleep together. And every time you've said that, I've known that like, you're not that far off timeline wise, but it's Meredith. And I've just been like, so close. You're so close. I just didn't think it would ever happen because yeah. George is a little bitch boy piece of shit. Also, it's a bummer because like, I remembered that this happens at this point, but I, it just sucks because after the last two episodes being so good for George, they just throw him right back into like early George. And it's so annoying to watch. And it just sucks to follow up the two bomb episodes where he's like a badass and like a, he's a great, the bomb. He's like <laughs> nice. A, a really likable character who like is a really driving force for the plot. And so it just I it just is a bummer to, to watch that happen and then watch this follow it. I'm like, why don't you just like ride the high of the success from the bomb episode and like keep the character likable and Man, then I had have them sleep that together. Just, That's, I yeah. thought it was like a pre-sneeze. No, it was a yawn. Explode. I was like, I don't want, I don't want it to come out. But, <laughs> you know, I, I will say to your, to your point, I started the episode still liking George. Right. And you know what the turning point was for me? Can you guess the turning point was for me where I started to hate him in this episode? When he was like, do I look okay? No. How's my breath? No. <laughs> Which part? When they were when they were at lunch and they were talking about the the stuff and he's like, oh, you know how like when it's been so long uh, you haven't yeah. had sex and and then he's like, you smell nice by the way and I'm like, dude, shut! You're a punk <laughs> little bitch. But it was at that it was that scene alone that basically uh, took all all four or five episodes where he was like kind of funny, kind of cool. It, it yeah. erased everything in one scene. Yeah, it's just like it's a bummer. Because you smell nice, by the way. It's just like, again, I don't understand why you don't take like 
it's kind of after the heart in the elevator episode where he's like feeling really good and like really confident and you see a little bit of a turn with him. I just thought it would be something similar where you would kind of maintain this momentum of like the success he has with the Bailey situation during the code black and kind of take that and be like, yes, I have the confidence. I'm going to tell Meredith, like she almost died and I helped deliver this baby. Like, I feel so great about myself. I'm going to just take that and like ride off into the night and be victorious, not just be a bumbling idiot again. I don't understand. It's just, it's just such a weird 180 that doesn't make sense to me. Also what I, I have to. So this is one of my things that I don't love about, the writing in, in a lot of shows, because when you have a different writer and a different director for, for most of the episodes, there is very little consistency with the vision for each character. Right. And if someone actually didn't like, they don't like George from like a hypothetical standpoint, like like the philo- the philosophical version of what is George, right? Mm-hmm. If someone doesn't like that character, they're going to write him like a little bitch like this episode. But if you have someone who really loves the philosophical, the idea of what is the essence of George, they're going to write him like they did the last couple of episodes and he's going to look great. So I, I have a hard time with that inconsistency unless we don't know. We weren't in the writing rooms unless there is this consistent like, hey, we need to give George this roller coaster arc. Are we all on board with this? Okay, perfect. These episodes, he will be great. These episodes, he will suck. I mean, I feel like most shows I've found out um, more as I am an adult and care and look into things are written this way where there's basically like a show creator and they give broad visions and like, hey, this is where we're going to start and this is where we're going to end, but you guys can get us there. And they have the final say, like they would read any scripts and be like, yes, this is fine or not fine or whatever. But there's like the writers write the words and then they're like, yeah, cool. And I don't like, it's not hard for me to believe that George can be these things because I feel like I know people that I, and there are some days where I'm like, Oh my God, like I love you today. And then there are other days where I'm like, man, I wish you weren't near me at all. So I, it's not unbelievable that he would be both of these people. It's just annoying because I only like one of them, but I mean, I don't know. Everyone has ups and downs and we will continue to see many people go through all of them. Yes. Now, before we start going into the rest of the plots of the shows, I do want to take the 12 minute and 40 second mark of this episode to say, Hey, Give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a follow, share with your friends. Uh, We had our single highest streaming day of all time for As We Know It last week, the release, uh, which was a lot of fun. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for sharing. Thank you for posting on Instagram. Follow us at Gray's Academy Pod, at Chaotically Kalki, at Carmen.Gabriel.Official. And let's talk about that recap. Yeah, I was going to say I was the recaps are kind of starting to bum me out because I feel like things are less of a surprise. I know. Yes. Because I was like, okay, when they do when he's like, oh, I know that she's going to be sleeping with Mark. I'm like, okay, maybe he just thinks that they're like reminding us that Addison cheated. Did you know that Mark was going to show up? No, but I did know that we were going to meet Thatcher in this episode. Yes. Well, and that was one of the things you had predicted not like super specifically, you just said before the second season ended, we would meet Thatcher. So well done. Thank you. Thank you. I'm going to take a, I'm going to take a five second speech. I'd like to thank the Academy. I'd like to thank the Kelki and I'd like to thank Gray's Academy in general. Shonda, you rock.
She does. Um, so yes, we meet. We've met Thatcher officially. So that's fun. Um, He's a bitch. <laughs> yeah. E- yeah. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where, um, what do you do? You know, sh- we don't have like the full story. And then later when she tells Mark, oh, I just saw him for the first time in 20 years. I'm like, oh, I didn't realize it was that long. So then it's like, well, how do you react as that man then? You know what I mean? I, I, here, here's what I would say. I have a hard time not. So I'm thinking like, okay, I have a daughter. I have a wife. If, if Jessica decided that she wanted to leave me, and she, first off, I wouldn't let her take Marlo with me. But if I saw Marlo for the first time in 20 years, I think I would hug her right away. I'd be like, oh my, Marlo. Uh, and I'd be crying and hugging her. I don't know. But he's like, is there anything you need? Anything at all? Dude, fuck you. 20 years. I mean, he, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, we definitely get more insight later on in the series as to the backstory of like what happened when they separated. And it wasn't there wasn't uh, really when she says why didn't you stay and fight um it doesn't really seem like he really was given that opportunity when we go back later on and learn about it well that's so, what i was gathering from the ellis weber conversation yeah. yeah so it's the whole time so watching that now with the hindsight i have i'm like I understand that it's easier for her to blame him because she has no relationship with the man. Right. But, um, and I'm not saying he's blameless, but I feel as though, um, maybe it, it's true. Also, you have to think of like the time frame of being like, I don't know, the late seventies, early eighties when that would have happened. And like technology is different and, you know, it's not like super easy to just track people down if they don't want you to track them down. So, right. Yeah. If Ellis says goodbye, she might just mean goodbye forever. Yeah. Until Facebook. <laughs> right. So uh, yeah. while I guess, I mean, we're not super going through this in order. This is kind of like a free form episode. Yeah. But uh, I will say I love the first scene where Christina's dancing and yeah, then that's she one comes of my in. Favorite. Christina oh, Burke scenes. It was so good. And then he's like dancing with her. And then the apartment <laughs> complex calls. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so funny. And it's I was such like, a cute moment with the two of them. Cause they're just like dancing and laughing and like it's sides really for both of them. What we don't really see. Um, and it's kind of like a nice little insight into their relationship. Cause there's definitely, while they're very similar, like type a competitive personalities, you're also like, how are you guys together? You're so different. So it's nice to see a moment like this where you're like, oh, this is like just joy between the two. of Yeah. You. Well, when they were, so I was like, oh, man, that's funny. And like he he caught her. Oh, ha ha. And then like I was like, oh, they're dancing together. And then I was like, yo, they're going to fuck. And then it was like, oh, your <laughs> other apartment called. They did not. They opposite of fucked. They cuffed. <laughs> they ran away. <laughs> yeah. But I like that scene. It's a really good one. Um Good, good on Christina and Burke. It gave me hope for their future yet. Yes, it was a nice. It's a, it's a delightful moment. It's so, it's such a quick little moment, but so nice, so nice for them. Um, uh, so then Meredith is visiting Ellis, and she is just <laughs> going. Sharon. <laughs> yes, it is share time with Ellis. Ellis is telling 
Meredith about the sexuals. She didn't say any names though. That's the which point. is which is funny. But she's like, "Oh, that man makes me growl like a tiger." And I'm like, <laughs> "No, no, mom, no." <laughs> yeah. Imagine, imagine your mom sharing that and like, "Oh I man," would. and then just like on the flip of a switch, just bitching about Thatcher. Just being like, oh my God, he's so annoying. I came home with a hickey and he just pretended like I didn't even have a hickey, but like, obviously I have it. And I just think he should leave me, but like, he's just not going to, and I'm just going to keep having an affair. Like adults do. You you do what you got to do, I guess. When you're having doctorings. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember what the context was, but I wrote... Uh, the quote, my mommy's a filthy whore. Yeah, so, okay. I'm so sorry. I cannot stop yawning. It's just been like rainy here and it's just like made yeah. me so sleepy. Um, well, it's also 3 a.m. in Chattanooga, so. Well, sure. Um, so she, Christina comes into the locker room and she's going on about how Burke, she thinks Burke is overreacting and she's like, he's acting like I kept my apartment so I could commit crimes and like steal things and keep the, all the stolen goods at the old apartment and Meredith says, are you sure he's not just acting like you lied? So basically, because <laughs> Meredith doesn't do immediately agree with Christina, she's like, what's wrong with you? Which I love. I think is very funny. A, a good summation of their relationship. Not saying it's healthy. I just think it's a funny moment that really describes the two of them together. Um, and that's when she says, my mommy's a filthy whore, which is funny. That's right. It is funny. And then... Izzy and Alex are giving each other the fuck eyes. They're going to fuck. And then they do. They fuck. Did you think they were? Because Izzy's adamant that she's not going to. Yeah. At this, at this point, <laughs> excuse me. At this point, I'm like, you know what? I give up. I'm, I'm happy for them. Right. Like both of them, <laughs> they're getting off. They're doing their thing. Keep doing it. Whatever. Just use protection because Syphilis. I can't handle Catherine Heigl, uh, being pregnant on this show. Uh, because, I think it's going to invoke a lot of emotions in all of us. Maybe or not in all of us. So, the, okay. So she gets pregnant. I just don't think I would give a shit if she was pregnant. All of us would give a shit if she was pregnant. I wouldn't. Would, also, would, I actually think she has never been pregnant in real life because I think she's adopted her children, but I could be very wrong. I don't know. I just feel like I remember that being a thing. Um. Anyways, um, so they go meet this heart patient, lung, no lung and heart patient. He's got tumors cause he smoked a lot and Burke's going to do a surgery that's super risky. There's only like a 25% chance that he'll live. Um, and he says he's going to do it anyways. I simultaneously hated and liked this character. Yeah. It's this character is guy. you. This guy this guy is you, except Here's, you you yeah. told everyone how you felt. That's my thing is I'm like, don't wait until you're dying and then do it. Just do it right now. And then you don't have all this hatred inside of you that manifests yeah. itself as tumors on your heart and lungs. Yeah. Maybe the smoking had nothing to do with it. Yeah, it's it just, was just <laughs> all the hatred he felt. I did love tumors. I do love the moment where Meredith like forgets that she's filming it and like back talks to him when she's like, he was 14 for God's sakes. And then realizes that she said it out loud and she's like, Oh my bad. 
Yeah, it's it's funny because the guy was like, ah, man's got to say his piece. Dude, just yeah. say it in the moment. I say my piece every day. It's true. Like, I, sometimes I'll say the same piece to multiple people. Sometimes <laughs> I will purposefully come up with a different piece to say for every single person that I meet. Just say it. Yeah, it's. I just don't. I mean, okay, so then at the end when he says, oh, I still want you to mail them, did you think that he was going to say that or did you think he was going to say oh get rid of them i'm just i've seen the light i feel at peace now no no i i, I was like dude he's still gonna send it and he yeah. should just get it out there you took all that time just do it yeah i, uh, I just wish there was an episode you, know, you ever watch shark tank uh i find it there's too much cringe in it some of them are great but some of them are so cringy i just can't it's like secondhand embarrassment that's fair. Uh, but there is a couple of Shark Tank episodes where they call back and they're like, ooh, remember when? And it's like there's success stories from there. I want to see a Grey's Anatomy episode where it's like, remember this guy? <laughs> and then it's just him receiving all the, the, the videos With back responses. from other people. Yeah. Hey, I never knew I made you feel this way. You know what they should do on Shark Tank is all the stuff they didn't invest in that then like made billions of dollars. Yeah. Uh, I would watch that. <laughs> not not Shark Tank, the Shark Cage. Shark Sank. Am shark I right? Sank. <laughs> oh shit. We had that idea first. We are making billions off of it. We should invest right now. Okay. I'm swimming in dollars. So I'll get right on that. Um so did you when when they're in the operating room and Meredith tells Burke, like, oh yeah, I helped him make all his hate mail, but I didn't send it. Uh, and Burke then like defends the patient. Did you find that to be genuine or self-indulgent? No, I think it was self-indulgent. I think because uh, he was like, if you say you're going to do something, you fucking you do something. Do it. Yeah, just do it. You know, um, I don't know why I went like really surfer vibe on that. I was like, just yeah. do it, man. Just do it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, he was clearly channeling his frustrations with Christina. But yeah. Um, I, which I, I think like I, seeing him with Meredith because he knows that they're best friends and I, it's a dynamic that we don't see much, but I enjoy it. And then he straight up is like, did you know she kept the other apartment? And Meredith just says, yeah, sorry, <laughs> which I like. It's like, what else are you going to say? I appreciate that she didn't lie. Yeah. I, but I think that she has nothing to lose from that honesty, right? Yeah. Like I think he respects it more. Yeah, I agree. Um, so let's talk about how cute babies Bailey is. We can also talk about that. That's a cute baby. Also, fuck, I have to do this and I super don't want to. They named that baby William. I told you. Yes. But what's confusing is for the remainder of the series, they call that baby Tuck, which is why I said Tucker. So William, but Tucker for short. No, William, but Tuck, Tuck for short. <laughs> William George Bailey Jones, yes. but Tuck for short. Yeah, which doesn't okay. make sense because the husband's name is Tucker. So if you're going to name him after him, just name him after him. I don't understand. Tuck is not a nickname for William. But so what we all are hearing, out <laughs> what we all are hearing subtitles. is that Carmen is right. Right? Yeah, That's what we're gonna, hearing? 
I was meant to say it before we started recording because I didn't want to text you because I didn't want it in writing. And then I didn't want to say it while we were recording because I didn't want it recorded. But then I forgot until right now. And I could have just not said anything, but that would have been dishonest, which is not in the spirit of this episode. So, Yeah. But you know what? I'm not going to gloat and I'm not going to say I told you so. Instead, I'm just going to say, I love you, dear friend. Oh, thanks. Um, but yeah, I told should- you so, you stupid a <laughs> hole. No, I'm kidding. I'm, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, it's like, wait, you watch Brooklyn Nine Nine? Yes. It's that. It was like that scene where he's like, "I'm gonna take the high road," and she's like, "All right, say what you want." And he's like, "Thank you, detec- thank you, Detective uh, Commissioner Chief Wunch, or something like that." <laughs> and then he goes, "Wunch has been served." Ha! I had it both ways. <laughs> I love that dynamic between the two of them. That's hilarious. Um, okay. So yeah, Bailey's there with the baby real cute. She, what I like about this moment is it's real quick. Um, she asks if the ORs are up and running and then she asks Meredith if she's okay. It's not like super like, Oh, how are you doing? But just like, are you okay? Cause you know, you watched a guy explode and you almost, his, his brain <laughs> probably was on you caked on because of the fire for a little so bit. Cute. Surely you have whiplash and 12 concussions, but it's fine. Um, you good? So you're good. Uh, but yeah, I just like that moment because she's straightforward, but she still like cares that Meredith is okay. Um, and then, Oh, we meet the kid. Do you, do you know who this actor is? Nope. Jesse Plemons. I don't think you watched breaking bad, which is like one of the main things you would know him from. Um, but he was also just nominated for an Oscar. So he's had a lot of success since this. Was he the guy who many, helped many uh, Malcolm in the Middle? Is is he the guy who helps the Malcolm in the Middle guy uh, make the meth? The uh, other main character in the yeah, show? Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's a... No, he's not Aaron Paul. But he okay, is okay. involved in the meth. Heavily. Got it. Got it. Um, no, I didn't know. But I do remember the scene where it, that, where we meet this kid and... Christina's like just being inappropriate again, just leering. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I really like the storyline with this kid because I like that anytime Christina connects with a patient, cause it's not super regular. It's pretty rare. So like, I think the last time we really had it, I would say was the, the heart transplant kid at Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, that one was like a really memorable one for me. And then like Nurse Fallon, I feel like is another one that sticks out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's nice when she has a connection with the patient. Naturally, at what point did you think this kid was going to die? Second I saw him. <laughs> kid looks like a goner. Um, <laughs> I mean. No, I, I genuinely, I thought it was going to be a, a happy, warm ending, a happy ending for this kid. I thought it was yeah. going to be a good feel, a feel good moment. Um, but that's only because we just watched a man explode. Um, (laughs) so I was like this, this episode surely must have a feel good moment in it, but apparently we reserved that for the guy who sent the hate mail. Um, (laughs) but this kid still got his good, you know, his little redemption arc and he got his surgery done, which I think is, um, I know we're jumping ahead on that, but I, uh, I got very emotional for, for that because I didn't, when, I went through like a full journey of well, Alex, you're being a dick. And then it was like, Oh yeah. wow, shit. Hold on. Yeah. Um, but I, I was sad. The parents didn't stay longer in that. It was like, they were in there for five seconds. I'm like, Oh, okay. 
But yeah, it, it's a sad. It is a very sad moment though when they when they go in and see him and you know it's sad. It's hard to say though because you know would you really want to stay in the room that long? You never know. I feel like you. That's one of those things you don't really know until you're in that moment. Yeah, yeah. I hope to never experience that. Same. Uh, yeah. I also like. I don't know. Open caskets really freak me out. So I feel, but I mean, also, you know, sometimes like, legally someone has to be like, yes, this is this person. I can't confirm that that is this person, which I, is a job I, I want, don't want to do ever. No, I, I just, so you know, if uh, you outlive me, I will be having an open casket funeral. What if your head gets chopped off? Open casket. <laughs> no, I don't <laughs> like it. The only time it'll be closed is if, uh, like, my penis gets cut off or something. What, and are I die you naked? Of... Yes, obviously. <laughs> you know, the, they keep the bottom half of the casket closed. Mine's a full open casket. <laughs> I'm not coming to your funeral. <laughs> <laughs> I'll video chat in to say something hateful, and that's it. I'm not coming. <laughs> ah, so many jokes that I want to say. I... That's what she said. I'll keep it okay. that. <laughs> okay. Um, anyways, so yeah, the kid, that was a sad one. Yeah. So now, now we get the guy you want to talk about. Mark. So when this man who is very attractive, shockingly, I know, shows up and starts hitting on Meredith, what were your initial thoughts? That he's a new resident in the hospital. Okay. Or are attending. I, I didn't I didn't think anything. I was shot until I saw um the interaction with Addison and the punch and all that. Uh, yeah. I was like, oh oh, this is this is Mark. This is <laughs> this is the guy. Yeah. Um but I also, yeah, when when he when he mentioned his name in the recap, when Derek mentioned Mark in the recap, yeah. I was like, So we're gonna get Mark, but I don't know who it's gonna be. Uh, what? Um I didn't expect him to be that mildly attractive, honestly. Can you rephrase that? Like, what do you mean by that statement? I mean, as in, I don't want to admit that he's attractive. Okay. I thought you were saying he's only a little attractive. No, I even made a point in my notes to say, who is that all caps, mildly attractive (laughs) man talking to Meredith? And then I go, uh oh I I wonder if it's Mark and then oh fuck Derek hit him oh <laughs> shit it's Mark damn I'm good fuck it's what all my notes yeah, were he actually is you could see it right very, there very very attractive man he's probably in my opinion one of the top three attractive men on this show the other two being me and Patrick Dempsey you're not on this show and no, I don't this find show. Whilst I think Patrick Dempsey is conventionally attractive, he is not one of my favorite to look at people. So potentially the other people I find very attractive are not on yet. So we'll maybe meet them later on. Okay. Okay. Potentially. All right. But we have Mark and man, is he attractive? Also, I have not watched Euphoria, but apparently he is on Euphoria and you see his wiener. So maybe I'll watch it. I don't know. I'm sure it's probably not even really his wiener. Let's be realistic. But also, yeah. he's very attractive. Also, did you notice small. that they wasted no time and immediately within the first episode have his shirt off? Oh, I mean, yeah, of course. You have to, obviously. So. Uh, also, this is something we, di- we didn't get a single uh, pause. It was went the whole episode straight through with no uh, intro cut. 
no, until we, like the last scene. Are you, there was a title card at the end. No, when Derek says that's Mark and punches him, and then it's there's the title card at seven thirty. You were probably right. Really? Oh shit, that's Mark. I was right. I'm so great. I think that's probably yeah, what happened. Yeah, it was at seven minutes and 37 seconds. Okay. I, because I was like, oh man, where, when is this going to happen? And then it's like 30 minutes in and I was like, oh, are we not going to get it? And then after Derek and, not Derek, uh, George and Meredith are implied that they're about to bone. I was like, oh, there's the title card. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. No. It was at seven It was after Derek says that's Mark, which also I just love the angle of the putt, like where it's on Mark's face and you just get a fist coming out of nowhere. I truly, I love that. It's a, I think it's like a television trope, but I, it, it gets me every time. I love it so much. I'm like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Love it. Whoa, Great. Surprise punch. Ooh, who, who, who knew? Not me. Um, I did love, I do love the moment with, uh, Derek and Addison and Richard all in the conference room, like icing yes. Derek's hand and, and Richard is like yelling at him. And that's when we find out that Derek gets paid $2 million a year. And, and uh, the man lives in an airstream. Also, this is two million dollars a year in two thousand eight, two thousand six. When when did I say this aired? Two thousand six. So that's fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, but then he finds out that it was Mark, and he's like, "Well done." Yeah, he goes, "Proud of you." Did you put your weight into it? And he's like, "Yeah." And he, what did he say? Well, all right then. And then just right walks then. away. <laughs> Which. The note that I wrote was um, big talk for someone who also had a long-term aggressive affair, (laughs) but all right, do whatever you're going to do, I guess. Yeah, but here's the thing. You can have that long-term affair, but if Thatcher ever caught him, I think he would be like, I, yeah, you're, this makes sense. I get it. (laughs) Thank you. As long as you put your weight into it. (laughs) Um. So Addison, you know, tells Derek she doesn't know why Mark is here. She didn't invite him, whatever. Derek is mad. The storyline annoyed me. I have no issues with Derek being mad at Mark. What really pisses me off is at the very end when Mark says, you forgave her. Why can't you forgive me? And he says, I haven't forgiven her. And I'm like, it just seems like you said you did. When you decided to stay married to her. So it's did annoying he say, to me. Did he say that he hadn't forgiven her or did he say, I'm not obligated to forgive you? He says, I haven't forgiven her. And with you, I have no obligation to try. That's what it was. You're right. Okay. Which is true. That's like, fine. You don't, you're not obligated to try. like, yes, you took vows. So technically you, you are obligated to try, but maybe you could try to forget yeah. her. Yeah. I just, it's so annoying. <laughs> or just do it at this point. Just do it. Like, and then, oh my God, wait, there's the Mark says something to Addison. Oh my gosh. Where was it? I wrote it down. Was it in the elevator? Oh, sums up the entire second season. He's in love with that intern and he's not even trying to hide it. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. That's the, that's the summary of the entire second season of this show. That was the mission statement of the, of the show of the show writer. They're like, Hey, um, so this whole season two, I don't care what you do to get us here, but Derek loves Addis, uh, loves Meredith and he's not hiding it. 
but he's going to stay with Addison and pretend he's right. the king of all kings. This and is a the gift mission. To humanity. It's the thesis statement of Derek as a human being. <laughs> so annoying. Yeah. So annoying. Um, Still a piece of garbage. <laughs> truly. Uh, I also love all the interactions we get with Mark and Meredith. I find them to be very funny. Um, when they're like, oh, we're the dirty mistresses. Delightful. A treat. That is a trope that will continue throughout the show. Good. Um, and I also like when he says, oh, you know, I think it's interesting when Derek walked in on me and Addison having sex. He just turned around and left, but he sees me just talking to you for a minute and comes over and punches me right in the face. And I'm like, well, I wonder why. Yeah, I. Here's the thing. I, I don't have the benefit of hindsight, right? right? So I'm just getting this in the moment. I am sure that it's probably not just as simple as Derek loves Meredith. I think there's, and while I, if I ever caught Jessica in the midst of cheating on me, there's going to be a lot of stuff that happens. <laughs> um, I'm not walking away. Uh, yeah, that's not your personality. That's not your no. thesis statement. No, unless it's to go grab a baseball bat um, <laughs> to, to get ready. to Well, no, because I would have to really make sure I keep calm because I would not do well in jail. Um, so there could be a lot of things. I am, as as the viewer, implying that this is the first time he's seeing Mark since yeah. processing all of this, mm-hmm. moving away to Seattle. And this is the first time since he's tried to build this quote unquote, right? Finger, finger quotes, try to build this relationship back with Addison. Right. And has had this relationship with Meredith. So there's probably, it's not just as simple as he sees you even talking to me and wants to punch me. So I have a hard time with that statement, but I understand what Mark is doing because I'm sure, and it didn't make sense at the time, but I'm sure he's like trying to drive her towards him which will help drive Addison away from Derek. Right. And we also learn in this episode that after Derek left New York, Addison and Mark stayed together to basically try and make it work and basically try and make it worth the fact that they broke up a marriage. I did not Um, see that coming. Yeah. <laughs> because she literally said, oh, it was to scratch an itch. It was uh. the one, yeah, she said a couple of times, like, I think it was just like a, a one-time thing or a mistake or something like that. So, yes, it is a little bit of a, oh, excuse me, what happened? Yeah. Uh, you know, Christina got the enti- the best line of the entire show here, too, right? Which one? When they go, why is he oh, suturing yeah. his face? <laughs> to, <laughs> to turn, turn me, me on. <laughs> I love her so good. Um, And this is when we get his name. Meredith calls him Mick sexy and they say no. And then they say Mick yummy. No. And then they say Mick steamy. There it is. And this is when George has one line that I actually find funny. He says, excuse me, I'm just choking down some Mick vomit, which is also funny. Well, then he's like, I saw her first. Oh my God, I Shut wrote that the down. fuck up. I wrote that down too. I was like, okay, why are you going back to being the most annoying person? That is not how human beings work. In the same sentence, he went from great to garbage Ooh. in the same oh, sentence. I hate him so much. <laughs> it's so annoying. Um, Izzy is like going on and on about Alex in that like same scene when, he, when George is like, oh, I saw her first. And... She's going on and on about her beast or whatever. And George is like, you're 
your taste needs re-examining or something along this like you have terrible taste basically which i do think is funny um but yeah so that was annoying with george being the worst mm. okay so what else do i have to say about mark um uh, alex takes him to do the x-rays and they like looking together and he tells him that he's interested in plastics and then he tells him about this patient that Derek has. And that is when he goes to the patient and is like, Oh, why don't you just let me fix your face? Blah, 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 whatever. And obviously a 17 year old boy is going to be like, yes, please do that. Yeah. I would like to have sex at some point. I would like for anyone to look at me normally. Um, it's so sad too, right? Because yeah. you have to think, those don't happen overnight. Yeah. And it's also like, it's, it's a disease that's visible, but at the same time, you as someone looking at it wouldn't know what it was, right? You wouldn't know that the, the reason he looks like that is because he has internally tumors growing all over his bones. You would just look and be like, oh my goodness, why is that happening? But it's not something visible where you're like, oh, look, that person has the chicken box. <laughs> right. And then even um, later on in the episode, they're like, he's like, I almost died like this year. Oh, yeah. yeah and this year. Oh, yeah. And this year. And I'm like, yeah. why have we not thought about this before? I mean, I think the implication is he has had these surgeries prior, probably for the same thing. Um, they just haven't been as bad as they are currently because now they're like getting into his brain area, which is obviously dangerous. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, also the speech he like gives to his mom about being like, I know that you think I'm perfect, but I just wish that someone else could think that too, which is like so sad. I just can't yeah. imagine. Like it it's just must sad. be hard to, to go through like high school and puberty when you have any kind of like physical difference because uh, sometimes kids suck, but hopefully we're raising ones that won't. I hope so. Can we talk about this for a second? <laughs> Say gay. Come on. <laughs> yeah. My gosh. I don't care uh, if yeah. my kids get, if my kids get told that they're woke, I, good, fine. Yeah. Do it. I'm just, yeah, we're just raising people to be nice and not, and not judgmental and hateful, especially yeah. on superficial things like the way a person looks. Um, <sighs> anyways, so, that, yeah. that's a whole, that's a whole podcast in itself. Yeah, we could do a whole thing on that. That's for sure. Um, okay. So they, they go to do the surgery, Derek and Mark go to do the surgery on, I keep wanting to say Jesse cause that's his name in real life. Wait, hold on. We skipped over the best character on this episode. We're, we're we'll get to that when we're done with Mark. Okay. All right. I was like, oh, this poor girl. I, I'm sure Carmen's going to have terrible things to say. No, they're all sweet and empathetic and sexual. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, so George it sucks. Um, <laughs> they are doing. Oh, so Mark and Derek go to do the surgery. Uh, basically, they end up deciding not to do two separate surgeries, but just Mark will just also go in there when Derek is doing the other one. And obviously, Mark doesn't get an opportunity because he basically immediately flatlines. It's probably just like more uh, damage than they saw coming. And that's I mean, that's just kind of how I took it was that it was just more than they anticipated. And there's just not much that could be done about it, which is sad. Very. Um. 
It's interesting too that scene where it's like Weber, Derek, and Mark, and they're all he's like, listen. Oh yes, this is a good. I scene. <laughs> I you, like Derek. You're my boy, right? Like you yeah. know that, right? But we're gonna do this. Yeah, he's like he's like personally, I want to say no, but professionally, I do have to say yes. Yeah, exactly. I don't um, have my hands are tied, which I think is. Uh, a trait we'll see continuously with Richard throughout um, the show where he very often will like make decisions that puts the hospital first, which is good as the chief, you know, and we kind of saw that with, um, Oh, what was it? Oh, the nurse strike where he had been like, you know, he had spent all this money on this surgical robot and he really wanted the surgical robot because it was going to be like, be, um, bringing all this opportunity to the teaching program for the surgeons and stuff. And then ultimately, you know, he has to make the decision not to get the robot and to get the extra nurses. But we kind of get to see glimpses into the actual like chief side of his job, which yeah. also this is kind of, I don't know that this is realistic to life <laughs> for so many reasons, but um, a chief of surgery, I don't think is the same as like a chief of staff for a hospital, but they kind of act like he's making so many administrative decisions. And I don't know that that's typically a doctor that ends up in those administrative positions. I could be wrong. Um, but the people I know in administrative hospital positions are not doctors. So I don't know. I could be wrong. Obviously like the chief of surgery, I would say yes, would be a surgeon, but then to give him all of these, uh, administrative, duties that involve like like obviously i understand signing off on budgets and things but there's other things that i just wonder if that really would be the job of the chief of surgery or if that would be some other administrator in the line of succession or in the line of whatever there's a lot of people in hospitals other than just doctors and we really only see doctors in this episode, it's all it's all tv semantics it's all tv yeah. semantics which is it's fine just something i find I, I think about it sometimes. I'm just like, would, would the chief of surgery really be doing that? I don't think so. So yeah. Anyways. Also, thank you for, for, for peek behind the curtain here. Um, I was like, Hey, just giving her like the, keep it rolling. Right. Keep, you got this. Um, I had to go kill two bugs that were just oh, like cute. on the floor. Yeah. So I'm just, you know, killing bugs in the basement. Um, so I don't know where this, I think right after, uh, this scene is the next note that I have, but it's when, oh, when they go. So I know that we're skipping ahead because they go and they show, uh, George shows Alex and Christina, the orgasm patient yeah. and Addison's like, go away. And then he's like, uh, oh yeah, I like this she's McHot. And then George is like, Mick, yeah, she is. I yeah. Cause that. Christina goes, I don't know what either of them see in her. <laughs> they go, uh, she's McHot. Mick, yeah, she is, which is very correct yes sorry christina you are wrong yeah. Yeah. um so yeah with mark and then obviously after the patient dies alex and christina go to him and and get him to still do the the procedure um which is a nice moment and kind of like obviously it sucks but it's it's a nice gesture that they did that um and you know if you hate mark which i probably at this point you know normal people should um, so it kind of makes him more likable. I think, um, that's the, what they're getting at, I believe in my yeah, opinion. That would make sense. Also, it's, 
again, not the redemption story that I would have hoped for this kid as a feel good yeah. moment, but it was a good, it was a good tie up for his character arc post mm-hmm. post mortem post post mortem. Yeah. Um, and then we do get a quick moment with Meredith and Mark at Joe's where Meredith says, you're still in love with her. And <laughs> Mark says, you're still in love with him. And then Meredith says something about like, well, that just sucks for us. And <laughs> Mark is basically like, maybe not. Maybe this time life will come down on the side of the dirty mistresses. <laughs> I love. Yeah. I, so here, and I know, again, we've, we've gone from like beginning to end, middle, jumped around, skipped over yeah. a lot of stuff. We apologize. This was just a fun episode here that we we did. But uh, here's the thing. I have no idea what's coming next. Mm -hmm. But I did write, what if the mistresses do win? What if the (laughs) dirty mistresses win this this one? And what if uh, Mark and Addison get together? Which I don't like them as a couple. I also don't like Derek and Addison as a couple. I also don't like... I don't like Derek and Meredith as a couple. I don't like Derek and anybody as a couple. (laughs) I don't like... I don't don't ship it. Any couples on this show enough right now to like cement my place in hoping for them and rooting for them ever. I also, for the record, was not even pro Ross and Rachel. Um, well, no one should be. No, I was pro Chandler thing. and Monica. That's yeah. that's I'm very <laughs> pro them. Um, but like, you know, when I watch Scrubs, you're pro JD and Elliot, pro Turk and Carla, pro uh Perry and Jordan right away. You you love those characters together. All, and it makes sense. There's not a single love interest on the show that I hope lasts. Not a single one. Except for maybe Olivia and George. <laughs> really? You don't think <laughs> Meredith and George are getting married next episode? No, no. They're going to fuck, but that's it. Mm. We'll get into you, our predictions at the can end Can you tell this. me, does anyone on the show get married in the show? Anyone ever in life on the show in the almost 20 years? Yeah. Does anyone, okay, hold on, hold on. Does anyone from Meredith, George, Alex, Izzy, Christina, Burke, do any of them get married on this show? Yes. Okay. Or, no. You're a, you're you're stupid, and I don't want I don't so I don't know any you. spoilers, but I, I yeah. <laughs> you got me. <laughs> nah, I'm rubber, you're glue. <laughs> <laughs> um, good good stuff. Uh, yeah. Okay, so let's talk about. We already said George is the worst, but I just want to reiterate that real quick. Um, but then let's yes. go ahead and talk about Pamela. Pamela, the orgasm girl. Yes. <laughs> the worst part of this episode was when she had to have excuse me, podcast burp, an orgasm in front of her dad. Like, really, guys? Yeah, that that's got to be, that's got to be rough. Imagine. <laughs> I, I already don't want to. Okay. All right. No, imagine. No, I can't. I can't. No, not happening. This will be an okay. in private conversation. Okay. Um, this isn't, so- this isn't dude thoughts. <laughs> No, it is not. We're, We're not classy to here. Alienate all of our listeners <laughs> immediately. Uh, um, let's at least get to season like eleven before we do that. That's um, fair. Okay. Really cement our listener listenership. So I uh, did want to note when I was doing my research for this episode, and I I didn't notice it um, originally, but I did the research and then realized they don't ever like explain why Pamela is having the spontaneous orgasms. Um, but I did find on the notes the explanation given 
uh, by the writers. It was a tumor on a, uh, I'm going to say it wrong because I'm not a doctor. Pudent, pudendal artery, which supplies blood. You said that to, right. Thank you. Which supplies blood to the clitoris. So because there was a tumor on that artery, uh, it was basically overstimulating. It was oh, like too, sending too much blood. And so it was overstimulating the area. So that is what was causing the spontaneous orgasms. So I did, uh, I will say normally they do a better job at giving a diagnosis. Um, obviously, you know, they tell Pamela like, oh, we figured it out. We're going to fix it or whatever. But they never really go into detail and say what it is. So that's what it is. Yeah. I feel bad for her too, because she had like the most sex crazed maniac on the show at the time being her doctor in, in Izzy. And <laughs> she's like, Oh, wouldn't that would be so great. Like just add yeah. orgasms a day. And she's like, no, like, yeah. and even me, I'm thinking if I had eight orgasms a day, my gosh, I would have to change my pants so often. But <laughs> also, this <laughs> is very different. Um, but here's the thing. When when she was like, remember that dream in high school, that nightmare in high school, you're, you show up naked to class? Like, I'm ready yeah. for that to end. And I'm like, dang. Yeah. Hitting with the truth. And she was young. I didn't realize. Yeah, she so like she was a college, college student. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I can't. I no. I can't imagine it. It's definitely one of those things where like, yeah, at first you're like, wow, that sounds great. And then you're like, wait, the reality of this is a big fat bummer. It kind of reminds me also of the girl in season one that like blushes all the time. Mm, Obviously not mm -hmm. like you, you don't like, you know, it's different, but it just, when she's like, Oh, like I can't go to church. I can't go to a movie. You know, I just want to wake her up from this dream. It just, when she's talking about like, Oh, the dream where you're naked, it kind of reminded me of the girl who's like, Oh, wouldn't like you hate it if you couldn't have like any emotion without everyone knowing that you're having it. Yeah. It just reminded yeah. me a little of that. That's so. a good call. See, I love. Okay, you are a great partner for this 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 show Thank because you. you're calling back multiple people in this that I'm like I don't remember they exist. <laughs> I, I, know, I forgot. I've seen it too many times. <laughs> well, but I'm also but living so in the moment right now with each episode yeah. that I can't even think straight when I'm watching this. Jess was even like, "Do you even enjoy this?" And I was like, "Yes, I can hit the rewind button as many times as I want. Yeah. I'll get it." Um. Yeah, I just don't rough. understand why Mark and Addison loved each other. Well, I'm I sorry. Mean, we I just looked at my notes and it caught me off guard. We don't really know much about him, so I don't think we're meant to. Well, I also. I believe at this point, the way the story is being told is that Mark loved loved slash loves Addison. I don't know if I would believe that Mark or that Addison loved Mark. Because if she did, oh. why would she come back for Derek? Like, I think for her, at this point, the way it's written would make me believe for her, her staying with Mark was being like, I have to make this work so that I didn't throw away my marriage for no reason. Right. That's where good... I, mm. it's very feasible the way they show Mark in this episode that he, I absolutely believe that he loves Addison. I don't think that it was the same for her. I think she was like, I've made this mistake. This is if I stay with him and, you know, make myself want to be with him the way I wanted to be with Derek, then it's worth it. Then I didn't like make this terrible mistake for no reason. You know what I mean? Yeah, I actually. So another reason this is a check into the Kelsey column for pros. Uh, I didn't think about a situation where there was unrequested, 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 unrequited 
Unrequited, thank you. Yeah. Unrequited love, where he loved her and she did not love him back. Because right. I think we saw the entire Derek and Meredith narrative where they clearly were very into each other. So I just assumed wrongly, potentially, that they had the exact same relationship, but the opposite people. So yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, yes. So, uh, I think we've mostly touched on everything. I think mainly the other thing I want to talk about is the end with Christina and Burke. I love this Burke speech. I think it is so well done. Like he, first of all, I love the way it's written. The way he delivers it, it's like, he's just so passionate and he's just like so frustrated because he's like, I just want to love you. Like, that's all I want to do in the world. And he just gives this whole speech and then she's just sitting there eating her Chinese food. And then she just says, I gave up my apartment 20 minutes ago. And it's just like, I, because we don't see a lot of them together in the episode after the beginning, I, I don't think you see it coming at all. So the fact that she did it, it's just like such a sweet surprise. And it really, for her, it's a huge deal. Um, as we know, because she made a huge deal about moving in with him prior. So we know it's a big deal for her. So it is a very big step for their relationship, but I just love the speech he gives. I love it so much. Yeah, it's it's interesting because when he came in and he said, you're an unbelievable slob to start it off. I was like, oh, <laughs> shit, this is the breakup episode. OK, um, although if they were to break up in that moment, I'd be like, really? So the apartment thing tipped you off. But like all the other dumb shit that Christina does didn't <laughs> like that's that's the tipping point for you. OK, bud. Um, but it was interesting because I was like, dang, you said a lot of hurtful things followed with I love you. Um but fine, you know, I get it. You're you're passionate, totally. Probably a Scorpio. Um and then he just walks away. She says, Yeah, yeah. I gave my apartment twenty minutes ago. And he's like, Okay then. And then just goes into the bathroom like, or something. Oh, I just said all of these things. I will just go away now. Yeah. Which is great. I, I like them. Also, I've been craving Chinese food since. Um, same. I literally was like should I order lo mein and egg rolls uh, immediately? Fuck. Should we just do you that right I now? I could eat 600 egg rolls in a single setting. When you guys come up here next, because we were in Tennessee last, we're going to do Chinese turn. and sushi and all the foods. We're going to get deep dish pizza. We're going to get cotton candy. And then Michael will probably need to get McDonald's or something. I don't know. No, Michael likes the deep dish pizza. Yes! He just says it's not pizza. Oh. Interesting. (laughs) He's like, I like it. I just don't think you should say that it's pizza. I've had deep dish pizza like three times this week. I am feeling good and fat. (laughs) I did have Sonic last night. Ooh. I'm trying really Uh, hard. Okay, so basically that takes us to the end of the episode. um, I feel we need to spend a couple. No. Sorry. I was trying to see if anyone has said Said what? what? Um, Preston Burke's birthday is and he the only thing it says is he was born sometimes between May 21st and June 21st which would not make him a Scorpio that would make him a uh Gemini potentially yeah (laughs) yeah a Gemini which uh you know they're also passionate and you know what they do they have the flip of the the quick flip 
change of mind, which he did do with this. He has the big speech and then he says, okay, and walks away. So there you go. Maybe that's it. Maybe that Kristen Burke is a Gemini. Uh, also, bef- so before we, before we, <laughs> before we do this last scene here, is there anything that you want to share? Like some informational part that re- would require a jingle maybe? Yes. Um, let us talk about living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. Ba-dum-bum. So I'm very excited about this, um, but I'm going to do the, there's three in this episode. Is it all of our patients? Uh, no, it's none of our patients. <laughs> oh, well, okay. So then, okay, let me guess. Let me guess. Let me guess. Mark. Nope. Okay. I'm out of guesses. Um, I will say this, uh, because there are private practice crossover episodes, Mark is in private practice, but he's as Mark. So I didn't count it. Um, oh, okay, cool. But he's nice. not in any, he's not ever a character other than Mark in a Shonda show. Um, okay, so Jake, which was the, the kid, both of his parents. So we have Deborah Geffner, which is his mother. She was in one episode of How to Get Away with Murder and two episodes of Scandal. Uh, David Grant Wright, who is his father, was in three episodes of Private Practice and two episodes of Scandal. I did check, and they were not in the same episodes of Scandal. Ah, oh, man. <laughs> I was like, man, what if they were? And the, they're different episodes, different seasons. So. As a, a married couple of another disformed. <laughs> Can you uh, imagine? D- <laughs> um, okay, so. They're really Jeff, typecasted this is a big into one. that role. I'm very excited about this for multiple reasons. Jeff Perry, who is an incredible actor, is the man who plays Thatcher. He is such a good actor. He was in all episodes of Inventing Anna. So this is our first Inventing Anna Shondaland uh, actor. So I'm so wow. excited because that's uh, our, a new addition to Shondaland. Um, I'm sure I said it here. If I didn't, I definitely said it on Dude Thoughts. I loved Inventing Anna. I love anything Shonda does. I'm currently finally getting around to watching Bridgerton. I love it. Um, I love some Shonda. Although I will say... Everyone talks about how Bridgerton was basically porn and we're like four episodes in and there's been like no sex. So no, <laughs> there's really not even nudity. No, they no. Start it, out, they start out real aggressive because in like the first five minutes of episode one, one of the kids, one of the sons is like having sex with that girl up against a tree and like you see his full butt. So they make you think. And, you know, everyone has always said like, oh, it's basically porn. And so Michael and I were watching this the show and at the end of every episode we're like why do people say that this show is so much about sex but i've talked to ryan and leanne about it shout out and they've informed me that it comes later so okay it apparently comes it, later. Is, it is there but anyways um that's another shonda show i have not yet found anyone who is in bridgerton and grays which is something that i do hope i come across eventually yes um uh- can I also just say that if you want a show that came out around the same time that is way more uh, interactive sexually than Bridgerton, <laughs> Outlander. Outlander, you see full-on nipples. I think you I'm see not, penis. It's not, I wasn't looking for it. I was just con- surprised. But you everyone, should be looking for it. Because everyone just... Anyways, let me get back to Jeff Perry. So he was in all the episodes of Inventing Anna. He is also a main character in Scandal. And I believe he was nominated for multiple Emmys for Scandal, as he should be. He's literally so good in that show. He um, was in 124 episodes of Scandal, which I'm pretty sure is all of them. So if you haven't watched Scandal, watch Scandal, but not you, Carmen, because we'll probably get to it eventually. And What's in this like guy's years. name? Um, Jeff Perry. J-E-F-F-P-E-R-R-Y. 
but don't. I just want to. I just want. No, no. I just want to look at IMDb because I I know him from something too. Um, I think maybe I don't. Actor. Um, I skipped over the part of Grey's Anatomy, so I'm not going to see anything there. Um, I feel like I know this guy from somewhere. 2006. We're getting out into the. Maybe I don't. I don't know that you would. Um, oh, man, I guess not. I'm mixing him up with someone else, though, I guess. Yeah, I think at this point, um, early, like Thatcher, like early Grays, like a long time ago, Jeff Perry looks definitely kind of like a generic older man guest actor person, right? That you could just have like whatever. Um, An older man guest actor person. Yes, totally. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Just like a generic, like you could pop in anybody, right? And it would just be like, yeah, yeah, that's who that is. Um, But yes, so I'm still, I was very excited when I was doing Shondaland. I knew he was coming into this episode and I was super excited because I couldn't, like as soon as I saw Inventing Anna, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get to say Inventing Anna for a Shondaland. So I just get excited for dumb shit and it's a good time. It's a great time. It's a great time. It's a Grey's Academy time. So let's talk about this last final scene then. Yes, let's discuss it. Oh, first of all, we'll touch on Izzy and Alex had sex. Uh, We kind of touched on it already, but there you go. Yeah, they touched on each other. Indeed, they did. (laughs) Twice. She's like, oh, did you feed the beast? (laughs) Twice. (laughs) Run away. Um, Okay. (laughs) Here are my thoughts. Here are my thoughts. Here's here's my, my unfiltered thoughts. I didn't think this moment was ever going to come for George. I thought he was going to be a little punk bitch boy forever. And then he goes in. Yeah, totally. Knocks on the door. Does it. I'm like, let's do this, George. Go for it. I will always love you. Or whatever he says. What does he say? Something about, I will never stop loving you. Like, yeah, dude. like, you're amazing, blah, blah, blah. Like, I, yeah, it's annoying. So fine and then they start touching each other taking the clothes off right fine cool smush booties get it out of your system but why say i will never stop loving you or something to that effect you talk to her you flashed back right you say mm-hmm. oh i saw like something about the clothes or i talked we talked for five minutes blah blah, blah. like you have been fawning over this person for a season and a half and yeah. you love this person she does not love you I yeah. never understood the, the the I'm falling in love with you before you actually get into a relationship dynamic in TVs and TV shows and movies. I've never understood that. Never. Dumb. That's yeah, my thoughts. the whole like it's like you put this person on a pedestal and you build them up in your head and then you make it like impossible like for them to come off of this. Like she treats him like garbage. I mean, and it's not she's not treating him like garbage the way that Derek is treating Addison like garbage. She just like He's so like when he says she doesn't hear me, like he's basically invisible to her. It would never cross her mind to sleep with him or to have any kind of romantic escapade with him in any way. So is there a level below friend zone? You think (laughs) I don't I don't mean to say that, like, she tweets him like garbage. It's just that she's not. It's he's put her in this place and then he. And I don't think he's taking advantage of the situation. I, that's not how I feel, but it's because she is feeling this vulnerability. I, that's why she sleeps with him. 
Well, we don't know for sure that they actually sleep together. Technically. Well, you don't know for sure. I mean, I, I have a feeling <laughs> that they sleep together. So, yes, let's get into your predictions. George and Meredith sleep together. <laughs> well, there you go. You nailed it. Although, let me see. The note that I read was, wrote was, George goes into Meredith's room and declares his love for her, and then they make a very poor life choice. The end. Um, yep. So, yes. <laughs> um, so, yes. So, what's your pred- prediction for the um, fall push, the results <laughs> of that shenanigans? Um, I, I don't think they date. Uh, currently, there is not enough built up that leads me to believe that they enter into a relationship. If you are listening to this, yelling at the screen going, Carmen, you're a dumb fucking asshole. <laughs> they date. Fine. I want to be surprised. I hope that that relationship actually shows George that she's not that great. She's just fine. No yeah. one on this show is as great as they think they are, except maybe Burke and maybe Bailey. And that's it. <laughs> Um, Christina, though, you're getting there. Izzy, you were there. You kind of suck now that you're with Alex. Um, and oh, no, and Addison for sure is there for sure. Yeah, except I don't know, knowing that you loved Mark, mm, but did she again? Did she love Mark? Okay, that's fair. That's fair. Did she love Mark? We don't know yet. Um, I don't until this point when I thought that Addison really just, it was a one-time thing and it was just an itch, the sex. Yeah. I thought Derek and Addison were going to be good and go back together and eventually move away back to New York from the hospital. Now, (laughs) I think that it's going to be a dramatic buildup and it's going to help fuel the will-they-won't-they with Derek and Meredith. Uh, Derek and Addison will get a divorce. Okay. Do you have a timeline on these uh, things? Um, the Derek and Addison divorces before season four. Okay. Write that down before season four. <laughs> I think I can remember it. I, when we when we get forty episodes away, you're not going to remember this. Maybe you will. I don't know. I have a great memory. <laughs> yes. Um. And that's that's really all I got. I'm going to leave it at those two things. I I don't see Derek and or sorry, uh, George and Meredith entering into a relationship, but I do see Derek and Addison at this point getting a divorce. I don't think that Addison ends up with Mark and I don't think Derek ends up with with Meredith, but I think they get a divorce. Okay. Um, do you want to say anything about Izzy and Alex? I don't. Okay. Um, do you I'm mad at both of them. Do you want to say anything? Oh, you know what we didn't really touch on is when Meredith goes to Richard and she's like kind of putting oh, yeah. it together. Oh, yeah. Right. And so she's like, oh, do you know why my dad left? And he goes, oh, I think your mother asked him to. And she goes, yeah, but do you know why? He's like, no, I don't. And then he's, we see later he goes to visit Ellis and, and he's like, Meredith knows. And Ellis goes, well, she's five. So, no, she doesn't. Yeah. So that was a bit, you know, again, both quick little scenes, but. You know, shifty eyes. Hmm, what's mm-hmm. to come? Shifty eyes, shifty guys, you know? Indeed, indeed. Uh, okay, rank this episode? Um, yeah, let me just scroll through my notes really quick and make sure we didn't miss anything else major. Do you have any Burke and Christina predictions? Um, now that they officially live together? Just no, they, they nothing are. yet. I need, I, need, I need to get through 
this next episode to make any predictions about them. So That's I will fair. make a That's prediction, fair. I promise, and hold me to this. I will make a Christina and Burke prediction at the end of episode 19, season two. Okay. Sounds good. Um, okay. So this episode for me, I'm going to give it an fellow. <laughs> Anne Fellow. Anne Fellow. I know Anne her. Four. Anne yes, Fellow and Mary Crumbs are best friends. Uh, Megan Crumbs. Megan, Megan Crumbs. Crumbs. <laughs> no, Mary is Megan's mother. Uh, oh, okay. Um, so, yeah. Uh, uh, a four. Yeah, I think I really enjoy this episode. Um, I love the introduction of Mark, obviously. It's a great episode. We get to see lots of Addison. We get to see some, not a lot of them together, but good Christina and Burke moments uh, bookending the episode, the front end and the back end. Uh, I would love it if Meredith and George did not sleep together, uh, but that's a bummer for me because they did. And also George sucks again in this episode, which takes down a peg. So uh, yeah, setting up for some good stuff. Love it, love it, love it. So it's a four for me. What about you? Yeah, I actually, I originally had it as a four. I had it as a, I had it as an four, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, I'm bringing it down to a resident point oh. seven. Resident point seven. Okay. Uh, it was a high three for me. High three. Uh, but yeah, I, I think, I actually didn't hate the final scene where they're like, oh, they're finally gonna do this. Except for the thing that took it down, the point three notches from a from a fellow down to a, a resident point seven, mm-hmm. was George being like, "I will always love you" or whatever the fuck yeah, he says. It's just stupid. And I honestly wanted. I was so annoyed in that moment. And when he says, "You smell nice," I wanted to make it a, a med student, but that would be very unfair. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, resident point seven for me. It's a three point seven. Luckily, as much as George sucks in this episode, um, he wasn't in it. A terribly terrible amount you know so that's like it kind of balanced out with the sucking is that i didn't really have to like see it see him suck so much you know what i mean yeah it's true so uh, i also you know give him credit for acknowledging that addison is incredible because she is (laughs) so um yeah i think uh i think that's it on this one um again like carmen said if you guys have a second to follow us on instagram at Gray's Academy Pod. You can also email us at uh, Gray's Academy Pod at gmail.com. Also, shout out, we have a large following now in Malaysia. Yes, we so do. How incredible so is that? I, that's so cool, you guys. Um, it's really cool when you guys find us. We'd love to know. Like, I know we have a lot of friends who listen, and like, obviously, we are so thankful for the support. Um, but like, if you aren't our friends, we would love to know how you found us. So if you want to like shoot us a message on Instagram or email us or just like leave a comment on a post, be like, oh, I just found you or got a suggestion or whatever. Like, it's just really intriguing to me that the technology exists to the point where people like literally all over the world are listening to this. And so that's super cool. And we'd love to hear from any of you. Uh, huge update, too, because I was going on to uh, to uh, iTunes, the podcast page, and I was going to say, where where are we at? So remember how we were like second from the bottom when you had typed in Grays and then space? Uh, yeah. We are Grays space, one, two, three, four, fifth, Grays Academy. So we are climbing the rankings, and if you like what you are seeing and hearing here, uh, first off, thank you. Uh, second off, uh, like, leave us a review. 
Let us Please. know what you love about this episode. And maybe, maybe, just maybe, you can you could be uh, flown in to Google Chrome and uh, you could do an episode with us. Maybe you uh, maybe we do like an interview episode with some of our fans. So uh, oh, that would be super cool. Yeah. Like, uh, but like we have to keep it uh, spoiler free. Yeah. Up so, to whatever point we're at. <laughs> yeah. Maybe it's just that one episode or whatever. Um, or, so yeah, or we just talk about everything up to that point. Um, but yeah, so just thank you guys so much. It's so cool. The platform we use to distribute this gives us a lot of insight on, uh, where people are listening and how they're listening. So it's really cool to see if you are listening. I know most of you are on, um, Apple podcast or Spotify. If you do have a moment to leave a review or a rating, that's super helpful. Again, it bumps us up on that search bar algorithm for people to find us. We really appreciate it. Um, again, you can follow us on Instagram as well. And if you don't, mind if you have a second to like share us on Instagram or Facebook or whatever social media platform you're on, just kind of like let more people know that we exist. Um, we're super appreciative of all the support and we really, really love it. And thank you so much. So we do hope to hear from some of you, um, on any of those platforms, but remember if you reach out, no spoilers, no spoilies, don't you even think about it. And we will see you all in the next one. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm -mm -mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. Mm -hmm.